Welcome to the Australian Hiker Podcast, Australia's longest-running hiking podcast downloaded over three-quarters of a million times in over 160 countries and providing you with an Australian perspective on all things hiking. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage, coming to you from Narrago country. In today's episode, episode 246, we bring you our on-trail adventure on our recent journey on the Cascade Hut Trail in Kosciuszko National Park. We hope you enjoy. Before we get into today's episode, if you'd like to help support Australian Hiker and this podcast, there are a couple of ways that you can help us out. Firstly, by subscribing on your podcast host of choice so that each episode is available as soon as it's published. And if you have the opportunity, leave us a five-star review. Another way to support us is go to the Australian Hiker website at www.australianhiker.com.au and click on the supporters page and buy us a coffee. You can do a one-off donation or become a monthly supporter. All donations are greatly appreciated and help us to continue producing this podcast and blog. Now let's get on to today's episode. In early February 2023, we visited the Cascade Hut Trail in Kosciuszko National Park. This was a trail that can be done either as a long day hike or as an overnight hike, and it was a bit of a surprise to us mainly because of the weather conditions. So in this episode, we bring you a series of on-trail recordings about what it was like on the trail on the day, and in the last segment of this podcast, we offer some hints and tips on how to get the best out of this trail. Good morning. It's just before 7 o'clock on the 4th of February, and as you can probably hear, we're in the car making our way towards the Kosciuszko National Park, and today we're going to be doing the Cascade Hut Walk. This is a walk that is from the car park 10 kilometres in to Cascade Hut, and then a return of 10 kilometres back out again. So you're either doing this walk as an overnight walk, uh, where you go through and just have a not a, a difficult day, but certainly 10 kilometres is, is not overly pushing for a lot of people. Uh, get in, have a camp, turn around and come back the next day if you want to do it as an overnighter, or in our case we're aiming on doing this as a single day. There is also a couple of options where you can do some side trips, and we'll see how we go time-wise and distance-wise. Uh, 20 kilometres in a day is, is, is good, I think. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily want to do any more today, but we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, so looking forward to this one... Um the weather's been a bit um, unpredictable, I guess, uh, around this part of the world. Um, but today uh, we've got sunny skies at, at this minute. It is early, so, you know, anything can happen. Um, but looking forward to this one. Okay, we are due to arrive at the trailhead just on 8 o'clock. So we'll talk to you then uh, before we head off on our walk. It's ten past eight. We're here at the Cascade Trailhead, uh, just off the Alpine Way. Um, bit of a surprise day for us today. We uh, we had checked the weather forecast. We knew it was going to be cloudy and overcast. It has been raining for a lot of the week, um, and you know the rain has cleared, but the cloud is very low at the moment. It's sort of there's a couple of little surrounding hills behind us and just in front of us across the road and the cloud is actually dropping down lower so well it's a little bit misty um that's dropping down rather than uh the cloud but 
we're hoping it'll burn off a little bit. There's plenty of uh, sun around, and um, you know we'll we'll be walking um, away from the mountains. So um, yeah, still optimistic. Yeah, and 20 minutes down the road, it was sunny. And in fact, we can see down the valley, and it's sunny and blue sky. And it is there is cloud, but it's not a huge amount. So um, yeah, we. Uh, I've got the rain gear, full rain gear on at the moment just to cut the wind down and my lightweight jacket. Uh, and I don't think I'm going to need the sun gloves, which is what I brought. Uh, <laughs> because I always forget those, but who knows? See what happens later today. Yeah, so I think, you know, I think it's going to be all seasons in one day. So um, let's see how we go. Okay, well, we're just about to put our packs on and head off. Good morning. It is 9.20am and we've been going for just over an hour, an hour and five minutes, and we've done four and a half kilometres on our walk to Cascade Hut. The trail so far is on Management Road, and in all honesty, pretty much the entire trail is Management Road, with the exception of when we just go off the road just up to the hut, which will be single, single track or just grassy, grassy sort of roads so they can get management vehicles in there. Uh, so far, this is not summer. <laughs> uh, we are walking through snow, uh, although the actual tyre mark or tyre areas on the road are, are all clear. It's just the middle of the road's got snow and either sides of the road have got snow. Uh, so it would be interesting to have a look at the photos of that. And this mist is still pretty solid, so I can probably see clearly maybe 50 metres up the road and then it starts dropping off, so... Um, the mist, mist is just clearing through. I would expect probably by the end of today that this is all, all of burnt off. Uh, but yeah, it's not what we expected. And this is typical of the Australian Alps. Yeah, it's, the snow is beautiful. I mean, it's lovely to, um, you know, walk along the road and see the piles of snow on either side and into the distance. And, um, you know, it's probably lucky that uh, I think it did rain overnight. We were expecting rain. Uh, we probably would have had more snow and perhaps uh, snow to walk through. Um, but as Tim said, that's not the not the case at the moment. Um, the mist is kind of dropping a bit more. I'm not sure if that means it's getting um, thicker and heavier or um, if uh it is burning off so I guess only time will tell and you just heard a bit of the wind come up uh, that happens intermittently but you know it's quite pleasant otherwise and uh, yeah we're having a, uh, a a good walk in the Alps. Okay so just time for a, just a very short break we're probably around about um, just, just a bit under halfway to Cascade Hut so another hour and Ish. 10 minutes uh, should probably get us there. So it's going to be around about 2 hours and 15, I would estimate, by the time we get there. Talk to you later. It's 11.30. We're here at Cascade Hut. Uh, we're just inside, actually, just having lunch. Uh, the rain did start probably about an hour ago, but it's fairly light and, and, and spitting rather than heavy, steady sort of rain. Um, so we thought we'd sit in here out of the, out of the rain and have our lunch, uh, and we're just getting ready to... Uh, uh, pack back up again and head back off. Yeah, it's still um, a little bit cool. Um, the the rain has eased. We we did have a little bit of heavier rain uh, for a short period, but 
seems to be a little bit more peaceful now. Um, this is a really nice campsite. I mean, I think this walk would be um, a really good one for an overnight. Um, we've done just under 10 kilometres. Um, so, you know, if you wanted to take advantage of um, a shorter day and, and spend the rest of the day here and head back tomorrow, that'd be a nice thing to do. But we're going to be heading back in one day. Um, it's quite a scenic uh, walk. There's lots of different um, landscapes and views and um, I always like looking uh, at the same walk on the way back and, and noticing the things I didn't notice um, when, I was, when I was walking in the other direction. It took us about two, just a tiny bit over two and a half hours to get here, so it wasn't too bad. Um, I think it'll be a harder walk going back. Um, we've basically gone from one valley up over a ridge into another valley, and the second valley is a bit steeper. So we spent a lot of uh, the last hour or so walking downhill, and we're going to have to go back up that again. Once we get up to the ridge line and then go back on the other side, it'll be relatively easy. It'll be um, undulating, some uphill bits, but mainly downhill and fairly, fairly flat in comparison to this one. Um, as Jill said, it would be a really nice little walk if there was a bit of sun. Uh, but again, I don't mind the conditions as they are. Uh, this hut's interesting. And again, it's worthwhile having a look at the video slideshow, which will be on the write-up of this walk. Uh, and have a look at the inside of the hut. Very basic sort of hut. Um, wouldn't wouldn't uh, wouldn't be a, a go or miss to have an, a window or two in here. Uh, it's uh, pretty much uh, all timber construction, tin roof, uh, and there's some um, fiberglass panels in the roof uh, to let some light. In fact, one fiberglass panel on the roof to let a light in. But yeah, a couple of windows would would get a little bit more light in, make it a bit more pleasant. Uh, there's a sleeping platform in here. Uh, concrete slash stone floor, uh, fireplace and a bench just in front of the uh, the fireplace as well. So not a bad little hut overall, but uh, yeah, I think I've, there are some nicer huts uh, in the Kosciuszko region. Uh, again, it's just because of the windows. So Yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot of flat areas outside, so there's some good uh, uh, tent sites. So, uh, you know, this would be um, more the communal gathering place i would imagine and also you know if the weather is is really really bad it'd you know provide that extra shelter and the thing to remember with these huts as well they're, they're supposed to be for emergency use only so don't plan on coming out and sleeping in the huts it's it's just if things go wrong or the conditions turn really bad then you can come inside and sleep in here otherwise bring your tent out and sleep outside okay we will finish off our lunch and then head off it's 2.26 and we're back at the trailhead uh, on Alpine Way uh, after going to Cascade Hut and returning in about six hours and one minute. So we're going to call it six hours. Uh, the trip back was a bit different. Um, the rain pretty much continued for most of the way back. It wasn't heavy, but it was light and steady So for most of the way. So... Um, and at one stage, uh, and it was only a few, we had some flakes of snow. So give you an indication of what the weather's like at the moment. Um, we also had sleet for a lot of the period as well. So um, easy track to follow, but certainly uh, a very different sort of walk back. Um, and we took, what, two hours and 38 minutes to get there. Uh, that was including lunch, uh, and then pretty much... Uh, two hours and 20 to get back. So all up, as I said, around about six hours. 
So the trip back, um, I actually like the walk back. You get a great view of the river, uh, much better than uh, on the way out. And um, d- despite the weather being, like, it was pretty bad. Um, you know, the small flakes of uh, snow that Tim was talking about, it seemed pretty bad to me. <laughs> and it's pretty cold and I'm pretty wet. Um, and uh just to now trying to get get some sustenance and uh, finish off my coffee from this morning. But yeah, I mean, it, it's even in, and I think uh, this is probably an indicator, even in the conditions that we just uh, walked back in, um, it's a really nice walk. So you can imagine that on a lovely day, uh, it would be obviously even better um but the fact that it was it was still good and uh, still enjoyable in these sorts of conditions um then you know that's a good thing okay that's all for us today in this next section we're going to dissect this walk and provide some tips and suggestions for getting the best out of this walk okay that's it So that was our journey, our summertime journey uh, on the Cascade Hut Trail in Kosciuszko National Park. And I must admit, this is something that I have always been aware of and always been focused on, that when you're hiking in the Australian Alps, really you need to expect anything, including snow, pretty much 12 months of the year. Having said that, though, as much as bad weather conditions as I've had up in the Alps over the years, I have never hiked before in February and had snowfall uh, on a hike. It was just something we didn't expect. It was an added bonus, wasn't it? <laughs> it was an added bonus. And we certainly didn't have snow the whole whole walk. You know, We had uh, the first section in the lower part of the walk in the first valley uh, and we only started picking up snow as we went uphill and then had snow on the higher parts on trail. And even with that, though, where vehicles had been driving, you could see uh, soil or natural earth. It wasn't snow on the entire road. And then once we got up down into the lower parts, into the second valley, again, the, the snow disappeared and we were down into green greenery. So it was really the snow on the highest part of the walk. Yeah, it was an interesting one and, um, you know, it was pretty cool. So for summer it was still cool without the rain and without the snow. And and just to comment on the vehicles, Tim has mentioned them a a couple of times, the track is closed to vehicles, so this would have been parks vehicles, not um, any other transport. But, yeah, definitely uh, I think the day before people were walking through um, snow on those tyre treads, uh, so it had washed away with uh, the rain. And um, I know knew that because I read it in the uh, Hut Visitor book. People put some very helpful and descriptive things in there, so that's good. So I could tell what it was like the day before and the day before that. So at least we weren't uh, trudging through the snow. Um, we were able to walk um, in those tread marks. One of the things that I found a bit bit uh, funny about this walk, I had been progressively working my way through the designated walks of Kosciuszko National Park, and I've, and I've by no means finished. I still have a number to do, but this was part of the park where I was working my way down Alpine Way, doing some of the walks that were closer to Jindabyne, and progressively working my way further along the Alpine Way itself. So 
it had taken me a while between the bushfires and work and everything else. It had been a while since I've, I'd come up to Kosciuszko and done some of these walks with our last visit doing the Guthaga to Charlotte Pass walk uh, a few months ago. A few months ago when we did that walk, the snow was actually quite heavy across uh, the Snowy River. Uh, and in fact, walking up uh, towards Blue Lake, it was quite heavy snow, snow conditions, which again, it was something that I hadn't quite expected. And I know that uh, they were talking about having snow on Christmas Day, as in snowfall. So yeah, this was certainly one of the, the coldest and snowiest uh, ends to winter that we've had in quite a while up in that part of the uh, the Australian Alps. And that day, that was quite um, a contrast because it was a beautiful, warm uh, summer day um, and you, you were just surrounded by this snow. It was just <laughs> magical. It was, didn't quite make sense. Uh, hadn't uh, um, hadn't melted away. Um, the, the Cascade Hut walk uh, was quite different. It was wet. It was cold. Um, it was... Coming coming back, uh, we were just walking into a headwind the whole whole way. So, you know, pretty much you had to put your head down and um, avoid the rain on your face. Now, if you are hiking in the Australian Alps, particularly in the higher regions, you do need to pay attention to what the weather forecasts are. And I've been certainly looking at the weather forecast over the, the, the week prior. And Saturday was showing up as being cloudy, but very little chance of rain. So we, we headed up there and leaving Canberra in the dark, having breakfast at Kuma, as we typically always do, uh, and then making our way to the trailhead, which is about six and a half kilometres past uh, uh, Threadbow Village itself. As we got into the park itself and started picking up altitude, this is when it went from sunny and, uh, I won't say warm, but it was certainly a sunny, a pleasant sort of day. And as we, we made our way upwards towards Threadbow and to the trailhead itself, the cloud got lower, the mist came in, and the temperature certainly dropped. So I've got a, if you have a look at the write-up of this uh, this walk, uh, it's got a photo uh as, as we were leaving or heading down towards the exit of the park and it's nice and sunny again. <laughs> so it was really that the weather conditions we were getting were in the high parts and the high mountains of that park. Yeah, very localised. Um, and, you know, I guess that's the that's the thing when you go into that sort of country, you have to be prepared for anything um, and you need to carry everything that you might need. Now, the trailhead itself, if you look on Google Maps and type in Cascade Hut Trail, um, the trail markers are a bit out of whack. Um, the car park where we parked, which is the Cascade Hut Trail, and that's what the uh, signage uh, and the information signage actually say, um, this trailhead is also home to the Dead Horse Gap uh, Trail, which requires you to walk across the road. So if you are searching Google Maps to, find, to put in a marker to get you there, really um, type in Cascade Hut Trail and you'll find that, you know, that you'll come up with Dead Horse Gap. Uh, so it's, it's a shared car park and not an overly big car park. I must admit when we were driving and I kept quizzing Tim a few times about that, it's like I thought we were going to Cascade Hut. Uh, but the GPS was telling me a Dead Horse Gap and it's like, oh, I'm not sure about this one. <laughs> So the, the trailhead itself is approximately six and a half kilometres from Threadbow Village itself. You don't have to actually go into the village, you go past the village, uh, all on Bitchman Road. 
uh, and the you pull off on the left-hand side into a small car park that probably would fit comfortably be around about eight cars. Uh, at this stage, you are not that far from the Victorian border, and that really did surprise me. I think um, at our closest, from a walking perspective, we were around about four, maybe five kilometres from the Victorian border, mm-hmm. uh, which I just didn't think about. It's just, um, you know, you're so used to saying Kosciuszko and that being New South Wales, uh, but Kosciuszko does butt up to the New South Wales border, uh, and Victorian border, so it's something just to be aware of. When we actually turned up there, we got out of the car and it wasn't particularly clear. You know, we could see that it was going to be a, a harsh sort of day and we got outside and the weather, just, you know, the temperature just dropped and it was quite a cold sort of day. And the mist dropped with it. <laughs> yeah. So we got there just on 8 o'clock uh, and we were meeting someone there who was joining us for the walk and um, uh, we started the walk at around about 8.15 I pretty much had come prepared. I'd um, I'd expected rain, so I bought my rain jacket and my rain pants. I had bought a winter weight top, and in all honesty, that was probably by by not by error. It's just I need to replace my lightweight summer tops, and I just hadn't done it. So I, I bought a heavier top, which I'm glad I did. I'd also bought a vest, which I was planning on using when I got it to, got to the end of the trail uh, if I was a bit cold in the car. Uh, but the way the temperature was, we got outside and the wind is blue and the wind chill was just horrendous. So I ended up wearing uh, pretty much everything I had and I was fine. Um, I didn't have gloves, but yeah, I'm used to working outside and I was quite comfortable. Yes. So um, my story is a little bit different because uh, normally, normally I have my rain jacket, my rain pants and a quilted jacket uh, that folds up into its pocket in my little pack um, and a bunch of other things just in case, like a beanie and some gloves and, uh, and you know, even in summer. For some reason I had done a big clean out and I had my rain jacket. <laughs> so, <laughs> so summer pants, are a long sleeve cotton sh- shirt and everybody keeps telling you don't wear cotton. Um, and I also had a, um, a quilted vest uh, two uh, to put on. Uh, I put all of that on. I put my rain jacket over the top. Um, I didn't have a beanie, didn't have my gloves. I wasn't as cold as I thought I would have been, um, which is quite interesting because it was very, very cold. But I have to say, for a fair chunk of the hike, I didn't feel my fingers. <laughs> so that, that took a bit of time for the 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 feeling to come back into my fingers. Um, but I survived and, um, you know, I am I do regret not having my rain pants because we were walking into the rain on the way back, as I was saying before. So my, my pants were absolutely saturated uh, by the time I got to the car and, um, you know, drove, drove back um, home, uh, basically sitting in a puddle of water. But by the time I got home, I was reasonably dry. So that was the good thing about wearing lightweight pants. Um, so uh, a bit of a lesson for, for me, um, not to clean out of my, my bag and not to uh, travel too light. Now, this walk was designated at roughly around about 18.8 kilometres and we ended up measuring uh, 19.88 kilometres, so 19.9 kilometres roughly. Uh, and 
One of the things that I couldn't really tell, and, and this is the thing that surprised me, I, I tend to go online and try and have a look at other people's write-up and reviews of these trials, and I found pretty much nothing. <laughs> uh, the stuff that I found online was just the general blurb saying, hey, this is a, a walk to Cascade Hut. It's a wonderful little walk. You'll enjoy it. You that, should do it. Yay. Yeah, and that was a bad <laughs> hit. So you know, this is one of the reasons that we do these walks and do the reviews that we do, just to give people a better indication of what's there. One thing that I couldn't tell uh, was I knew that we were crossing rivers twice uh, and it's really Threadbow River and I think it was Threadbow Creek was the second one we were crossing uh, and it was very hard to tell. It was the, the road, the management road went through the rivers and it's not unusual in this part of the world to have to walk through the rivers at the same time. It's not overly deep. Uh, but certainly the, uh, when the weather the way it was, the last thing you really wanted to do was to walk into water roughly knee depth uh, and, and still keep on walking in, in freezing cold conditions. Uh, thankfully, we uh, we walked down the road and found that uh, we thought, okay, here's the crossing, and then you know, 40 metres back was a small metal bridge that crossed the river. So- yeah, you have to look out for that one because it was um, a little bit difficult to see, Um it wasn't uh, the trail wasn't as um, heavily used as the management road, obviously. But yeah, very grateful that uh, we had that nice little crossing um, and didn't have to get wet feet. As we said, there was a second crossing which also had a small metal mesh uh, bridge as well. So there's no requirement for you to physically get wet unless you feel like it. Um, uh, And there were a couple of uh, areas on the management road where uh, there were low points and the water was probably around about 15, 20 centimetres deep and you just had to make your way around the edge just to avoid actually walking in water and getting wet feet. Yeah, and sometimes there were some rocks that you could um, navigate and uh, in one spot there there was some small tree branches that you could use. Um, In those cases, though, uh, you know, sometimes it was slippery and sometimes it was a little bit wobbly. Um, So, you know, trekking poles were always a good idea. Now, on the way out, we once we crossed the uh, Threadbow River, uh, we started to make our way gradually upwards out of the valley. And at some stage, halfway up the hill, we started to get bits of snow on the sides of the path, which were progressively getting heavier and heavier as we went. Yeah, and once we, we reached, I think it was approximately about 1,800 metres, uh, we pretty much had snow all off the road. Uh, and as Jill said, where we were putting our feet was, uh, was bare soil, uh, but you know, off the trail, it was pretty much solid snow. So it was, um, uh, it's one of those sort of things you just have to expect it and come prepared for it. Yeah, and that, that point on the ridge was the lookout point. Um, there wasn't much to look at. No, no, it's like, okay. Now we, 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 I was Maybe hoping, 10 metres. <laughs> I was hoping to do this as a separate write-up as a shorter walk because it is there as a shorter walk, uh, but just, you know, you wouldn't have seen much. We're going to have to go back and do it again, I think. Yeah, and certainly at the at the high, roughly towards the highest point, visibility was down to probably about forty meters, uh, and that was because of the mist and the, the snow on the side of the road. Vegetation wise, uh, we started off walking uh, along the road, and we had uh, trees on the hills. Also had trees on the other side of the hills, uh, and then uh, uh, one of the things we did pick up to start with was. Uh, uh, first time I've ever seen deer in Kosciuszko National Park. Mm-hmm. I know they're there, but I've never seen them before. 
Uh, we also saw or heard uh, some horses, but we heard them, didn't see them. They obviously decided they didn't want to be near us and then just disappeared off and very hard to see in the sort of conditions we were getting. Yeah, I think they were looking for some warmer conditions. Um, they, they were smarter than we were. On the way back down, as we were coming down off the hill again, the snow started disappearing. Uh, and but as we, we got down towards the, the, the lower valley again, it was pretty much all green, no snow whatsoever. Uh, and at this stage, we were starting to see um, horse prints on the road, horse manure on the road, and also deer uh, footprints as well, or hoof prints as well. We got down to the second crossing and then had approximately around about one kilometre, maybe one and a half kilometre, to Cascade Hut itself. Now, the Cascade Hut itself is located in this second valley, uh, and it's it's a bit different from a lot of other huts I'm used to. Most other huts in Kosciuszko National Park, um, if they're anywhere near the road, you tend to see them as you're walking towards them. This one is not visible from the road. So you come around a, a slight corner, uh, you keep on going, and there's a very poorly marked, and in fact there is no signage, uh, and it's it's unless you're paying attention, it would be very easy to walk past the turnoff. And in fact, I was, the guy that we were with, uh, John, he was saying that uh, he'd talked to people previously and they'd they'd gone ten kilometres past, thankfully on on electric bikes, and they didn't know where they couldn't find it. And they said after four four river crossings, and that was good indication. So if you're doing two river crossings, that's all. Um, but uh, it's uh, we show photos of what the turnoff looks like, and it is a hard thing to pick. But roughly one to one and a half kilometres. Yeah, so I was a quite a way ahead of. Um uh, Tim and John, and uh, came to the um, the offshoot, if you like, offshoot in, down into the, the hut and the camping area. And it did seem to make sense to me to head down that way. And once once I got in a, a, a little way down, you didn't have to go too far down. Um, uh, if you were uh, standing, I guess, on the right side of... Um, that new trail, um, and you could see the side of the the hut. So you know, you you if if you go down any of the offshoots just a little way and you don't see a hut, then that's a pretty good indicator that's not the right place to go. But um, yeah, once once you took a few steps, you started to see it, and uh, it really did open up. And it's a you know, it's a really nice spot, and it would have been beautiful when it wasn't raining. <laughs> It was pouring when we got there um, at that point and we were having our lunch in the hut and it was teeming and it was like, yep, okay, that's that's great. Um, and then it lightened up a little bit, still raining, but uh, uh, we took that as an opportunity to head back. So the hut itself is located in a large open grassy area and certainly there were some trees close to the hut but there was a, a large open area in front. Uh, there was a fire ring that uh, people had, had, had obviously been using um, uh, with a seating area around it and a natural seating area, just bits of logs and things. There's a composting toilet, uh, probably around about 50 metres from the hut. And as you come out the front door of the hut, and if you go on about a 45-degree angle, uh, you've got about 40 to 50 metres and you get to a large creek. So if you're staying there, you can top your water up. Mm-hmm. Water's not an issue on this trail. I mean, if you want to, certainly I'd be inclined to filter given there are horses and deer around. 
Uh, but, uh, you know, you're not going to run dry and have water pretty much at any time of the year. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's plenty of opportunity there to pick water up as you go. The hut itself, uh, I'll be honest, is not one of the most attractive huts in the Australian Alps. Uh, there are no windows in this hut. Uh, there's just a, clear, a piece of clear fibreglass material on the roof to let light in. Uh, there's a, a sleeping platform uh, and a, uh, a large fire uh, hearth in the hut itself. So, again, like most huts in the Alpine region, these are for emergency use only. Don't go there planning on sleeping inside unless conditions turn really bad. Uh, but there are plenty of good campsites close by to the hut, so uh, you can camp outside. And if it can, you know, if you want to cook your dinner inside, or uh, if you want to get out of the rain because it is raining, it's an opportunity to sit in there before you head off to bed. We'd finished our lunch and then turned around and started heading back. And as Jill said, the rain wasn't heavy at this stage, but it was steady, and we pretty much had that as a constant companion all the way back to the car park. The trip out including our lunch break, was around about two hours and 38 minutes. So probably about two hours and 15 to get there with a you know, 20-minute-odd lunch. Heading back up, uh, I thought, oh, we've, you know, I just remembered coming down that hill and it's going to be a steep hill coming back up. It wasn't a really bad hill, but it was a steady ascent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I must admit, I didn't really notice it that badly. It's not one of these things you think, oh, I'm gonna, it's going to kill me. It's just a, up, a steady, gradual uphill, uh, a few flat areas, and it would go uphill from there and you're back into the snow area again. By this stage, um, the snow had, or the conditions have gotten worse, <laughs> and I, I, I got into one point, and if you have a look at the uh, the video footage uh, on the video slideshow uh, on the write-up, we were getting sleet, and there were definitely snowflakes in there as well. So um, I thought, okay, this is really lovely. Um, uh, and it was lovely, I'll, I'll be honest. You know, it was quite attractive. Uh, came back out downhill again and started heading out of the snow, but the rain sort of just kept on, on going, or the drizzle just kept on going. Well, the rain and the wind, and yeah. I think, you know, that, that was cutting through and, uh, you know, the rain was getting heavier, so I wouldn't have called it drizzle, but, you know, <laughs> there's a <laughs> there's a different uh, categorisation system happening here, I think. <laughs> we eventually made our way back to the car park and got there Six hours and one minute uh, was the entire trip time. Uh, so I think on the write-up I've called this six and a half hours. It's, uh, it's a bit more comfortable. And if you're doing this as a overnight trip, you know, you've really only got two and a half, sort of three hours at worst to get out to the hut and the same on the return. So it's not a, 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 not a difficult two-day walk by any means. It's a good solid one-day walk at just on 20 kilometres, uh, but as a two-day walk it should be quite manageable. Yeah, and the thing that struck me that even in those conditions, um, I, I like the return route. Um, I didn't mind that steep climb out of the um, the campsite area. You know, the the walking through the slightly he- heavier snow and then uh, coming down. Once you got uh, closer to the the creeks and the the rivers, it was really quite pretty um, and. You know, the water was moving uh, pretty fast. But you had a better view, I think, of uh, the waterways um, on the way back. So once we did our final recording, we basically headed off and headed back to Canberra again. So I think from our perspective, um, you know, the trip to and from uh, the, the trailhead is quite easily defined and managed. The walk, as we mentioned, I expected this to be 
I had pictures in my mind of being hot and having to deal with March flies uh, and not having to think about <laughs> having snow in February. Uh, but again, this is the sort of conditions that you end up with in the Australian Alps and this is what you've got to cater for. The March flies were pretty smart. They did, They disappeared, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. And as we said, bigger life. Uh, we heard horses and we saw deer. Uh, so it's, it's the sort of thing that uh, – uh, I think on a sunny, clear day, we would have been more bird life around. We may have seen other animal life as well. But, yeah, they were pretty limited there. And, and even vegetation-wise, there were some flowering plants along the way. Uh, I think we've gone past peak wildflower season. That probably is really more into December, uh, into late January. Uh, there were some around, but they certainly weren't big fields of, uh, of wildflowers, as you expect on the main range and areas like that. So I think you know if you you know particularly for this walk, uh, given um, how far south it is, the altitude and so on, um, if you expect it to be either uh, really 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 hot and dry and uh, you know needing lots of sun protection um, and March fly protection, or the other extreme, um, you know really cold, uh, potentially wet, potentially snowy, and you prepare for that. Um, you you know you, you'll probably end up with some something in between, and it will definitely be uh, an enjoyable walk. Okay, so really to get the best out of this walk, go through and look at the write up of this walk. With her, it'll have the images and video footage to show you what it's like and give you an indication of what to expect, and also show you a we have an elevation graph as well to show you what we uh, uh, had on the hike. Um, it probably looks worse than it is. It wasn't by any means a difficult walk. But, you know, if you're doing the 20 kilometres in one day, uh, you'll certainly feel that. But if you're just doing one way each day, uh, it's it's a good manageable sort of walk, I think. Okay, that's all for this week's episode. We hope you've enjoyed. Bye for now. And bye from me. In this next section, we're going to provide a few hints. In this next section, we're going to provide some. <laughs> Just stop. In this next section, we're going to provide. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs>